Are you food sensitive? And by food sensitive, uh, I mean, are you prone to allergies to food? Everyone knows peanuts are one of the uh, one of the really big ones. Uh, there's also soy, dairy, eggs, fish, shellfish, tree nuts, and wheat. Those are known as the top eight allergens. Well, there's a brand new company here in Denver uh, by the name of Carefree Cuisine, and they are proudly a very new partner with here, us here at CSG Podcast. Uh, they are a brand new company that really specializes in getting you food that focuses on your food sensitivity and what you, your body needs to get through those allergies. Sometimes it's really hard if you're going out to a restaurant or if you want to get some food while you're out um, and there is like a whole bunch of stuff in there that you can't have. And... It also cuts down on companies who have these sort of things. I mean, uh, if you're a company that like suddenly has a little bit of a tree nut and uh, something that someone eats and they get sick, it is you know on the company from there. Uh, that's called food liability. There are a lot of things that can be prevented, and Carefree Cuisine is the place to go. They're a brand, as I said, they're a brand new startup that is uh, one of the best in Denver. Um, they have uh, something called Carefree Harvest, which is both low in fat and calories. Uh, no dairy or animal products are used in their, pro- their production. The uh, offerings include Farmer's Chili, Good Morning, Chickpea Scramble, uh, Vibrance Bowl, Very Veggie Rice, and Asian Noodle Bowl. Uh, it's just they have a whole bunch of varieties for you. Uh, they have, a, they have uh, anything you need if you are absolutely food sensitive to a, anything. Um, they are at carefreecuisine.com. They have a physical location at 3615 West Bowles Avenue, Unit 1 in Littleton. Um, just go ahead and take, go out and see them or at, check them out at carefreecuisine.com or contact them at info at carefreecuisine.com. And when you do, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast told you to go. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Uh, it's been a while since I podcasted. I took a little bit of a break for um, just the All-Star break, basically. And I don't normally do that. I usually plow through the All-Star break. But uh, after several attempts to kind of record something, I I came to the conclusion that I probably need to err on the side of I just need to take a break. So I did. Uh, I'm back at it as of now. The Nuggets still don't play again till Friday. Um, and it's going to be... What you've seen a lot of other podcasts put out is what the Nuggets need to do for the rest of the season. Um, what they need to do to solidify their position of its second in the West. Um, what they need to do to become that next level team. And I kind of want to talk about that and how the Nuggets maybe are in a position to where um, any sort of advancement that is made will come in not in ways that we can tangibly see. Um, in, the, in the NBA, more than any other league, uh, there's the steps. And, and famously, famously, several times on CSG, and I believe... The first time we don't skip steps was ever uttered by Tim Connolly was all the way back in 2014 on this very podcast. 
Um, Tim said a lot of things that have become well-known in his lexicon, and they were all originated on this podcast. Um, very much so, but in the NBA, there is steps. You get to a certain place, you get defeated, you come back, you learn, you advance a little farther, you get defeated, you come back, you learn, and then you finally start making this big advancement. The One of the biggest uh, stories of that, or the, the most famous stories of that, is the Detroit, Detroit Pistons of the, of the 80s. Um, from about 86 to 88, uh, they kept hitting their heads against the wall, and then finally broke through in 89, and repeated again in 1990. Uh, they were the bad boys Detroit Pistons that really were the embodiment of not skipping steps. So was Jordan's Bulls. Um, they kept running up against the Celtics and then the uh, the Pistons and finally broke through in 91. There are loads of examples of that. Until recently when, you know, there was hyper-microwaved advancement here. But the Nuggets really kind of, and I think really at this point, what we're looking for, since they have really made such an emphasis on continuity, what we're looking at right now is the steps. And the Nuggets weren't able, as I said in the last podcast, to make a big swing. So right now they're kind of like counting on the learning steps to propel them through. Uh, they made it to the second round last year and went seven games. But what they needed um, was to learn. And I think this year in itself has been a learning experience um, for everyone involved, including their best player, Nikola Jokic. Um, if you, anyone saw Jokic at the All-Star break, you saw how comfortable he was amongst the stars. And he looked very happy. Um, and I think it's taken him this long to finally get over that Serbian homesickness, which, look, if you're a, an American player and you have to, you're decided to play in Europe, it's a it's a cultural shock. It's a big difference, and it takes a while to get used to that. And I think over time, seeing Jokic more comfortable in his own skin and accepting the the American way of playing basketball has been an adjustment for him, and that's how he has learned. And you've seen even through this season how he has adjusted. Um, the next step the Nuggets really have to come to terms with is how to get all of their best players working well at the same time. Um, and that is something that has plagued them, even though they're at 38 and 17. This is something that has plagued them all year. Um, be it injuries or be it the beginning of the year where no one was really able to play well at the same time. Um, this team really has not shown their best, their absolute best this year with the current crop of players that they have. And it's been, it's been kind of deceiving because you don't really know what they're going to be. I think every team who has injuries and, and things like that will probably point to the same thing. But this Nuggets team really has kind of struggled with being able to have everyone going at once. It's either all Jokic, like Murray, but which is fine. You take turns, right? But you need everyone kind of working into where that's not someone has an enormous day off. There's been days where Paul Millsap hasn't even scored. Um, there have been, this last several weeks, has been the the plight of Gary Harris, who um, 
probably unknowingly tanked his trade value, uh, just my supposition there, <laughs> by playing so horribly the last, especially particularly on offense, the last several weeks since he's come back from his injury. So this team is kind of an enigma. And what the Nuggets have been counting on is this team being able to learn. And learn to a point where they knew how to deal with a playoff series. I mean, let's face it, outside of Will Barton and um, Paul Millsap, Paul Millsap, Will Barton, and Mason Plumlee, there was really no one on the roster last year who had any playoff experience. And that was a uh, a difficult difficult chore to go through for this Nuggets team. And they made it to the second round and were beat in seven games by these uh, same Portland tra- Trailblazers that we've been talking about. Um, the Blazers took a step back this year. The Nuggets uh, need to take a step forward. But what is that step going to look like? And that is where we are heading into the great unknown with this particular Nuggets team. Um, the Carmelo Anthony Nuggets teams were stuck in a perpetual six, eight to six seed motion until 2008-2009. Um, it was really it was it was hard for them to get past a certain level. They never skipped steps because they were always stuck at step one. And you don't want this Nuggets team repeating that history. You want them to be able to advance. You want them to be able to hit hit their head, hit their head, hit their head, and then finally break through. And this may be a process that Nuggets fans aren't necessarily wanting to accept. Um, I said to Tim Connolly during the uh, uh, Tim Connolly and Michael Malone, and Malone, you know, refused to answer. There could have been a scenario that played out with this Western Conference getting better where the Nuggets were a better team and won less games. Now, they're ahead of the slightly ahead of the pace that they were last year. Um, but at the same time, you can see a scenario where the Nuggets are not, you know, maybe a little behind where they were, but they've considered themselves as a team a little better, right? And that's the process of learning. And Tim Connolly answered that really well. Uh, Connolly really kind of went out and said, yeah, I mean, this, the way this conference has shaped up, it's been hard. And look, you look at the Nuggets game against the uh, Los Angeles Lakers and you think, oh man, the Nuggets didn't get any calls. Some of them were really bad. And you're like, how is this, how are they going to be able to overcome that? Rather than looking at it that way, look at it this way. How are they going to put themselves in the position to where they're the team that gets those calls? Um, how are they going to put themselves in the position to where they are the team that's getting the benefit of the doubt? And that's really what it's all about, the benefit of the doubt. Before I continue with the rest of this podcast, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right smack dab in the middle of the dairy block. Um, I have been promoting these guys for... Well, well over six months, probably eight months now. Uh, one of my favorite places to go in Denver, because I really do like wine. Um, and these guys are a great place to get 
that wine and get it from vineyards who are located in California or a partnership with a, that they have with a vineyard that's in uh, western Colorado. Uh, so you get that taste of a family vineyard without having to drive 250 miles to Grand Junction or fly out to northern California. They are right there. And uh, if you go down to the dairy block, say if you're having you know, dinner with the family or with some friends and you say want to have a nightcap, Head on up to the dairy block, go right to the middle, and go to Blanchard Family Wines. A smart and knowledgeable staff who will help you through. They will make the the atmosphere tremendous. Uh, Like I said, sitting on that couch, one of the couch there is just is uh, one of my favorite things to do. Particularly, you know, maybe if it's late afternoon, you kind of bring your laptop in there. You're going to need to do some work, have a glass of wine, kind of relax after work, whatever. Great place for you to go in and just enjoy yourself. They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. Once again, they are located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Moisey in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. As we look at this Nuggets team and we look at how they will progress, you, you, kind, of, you kind, of, kind of coalesce around Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. And how that sometimes it seems like they don't work necessarily in tandem like they used to. And some of that is Murray freelancing. Some of that is just the fact that they need to, you know, Jamal was out for a bit. (laughs) They need to find that groove again. Um, And if the Nuggets are going to live or die in this playoff, in these playoffs that are coming up, they're going to need that combo to work. They're going to need that combo to really thrive. Um, because at this point with Jamal's injuries, uh, it's been hard to develop that, that consistency and, you know, God bless Jamal for being able to, uh, overcome those injuries, but it is something that is going to hover over this team until they figure it out. And I think they will, uh, now that they've got past the defense only, um, approach that they were using at the beginning of the season, which did affect the way they play. Uh, now they are into a more balanced routine. People have accused me of being against defense. And I have always said, I want defense to make sense. And, and unfortunately with the Nuggets, the way they were approaching their defensive philosophy would, did not make sense with the, the roster or the people on their team. Um, they needed to have a different post approach that kind of played into the way they play offense. And they were two diametrically opposed things. They, one thing didn't have anything to do with the other. In fact, you could have argued that the way the Nuggets were going selling out on defense was affecting their offense. And um, there's a correlation causation here. Uh, when the Nuggets go all out on, on the defensive end, their offense plummets. And usually that is because you're, you don't have your legs, Right. You exert more energy on defense than you do offense. That is just what happens. <laughs> it's just a natural thing. Um, the best teams pick spots, pick their spots. And the Nuggets have be begun to be a team that picks its spots. That understands when to exert energy on, the, on a different end, on the defensive end or on the offensive end. They're beginning to get there. It's not always consistent, but they're getting to get there. And that is really what's going to unlock them to make that next step in the playoffs is the understanding that they can't be all one thing. they got to be both. 
And that balance is really the key to getting them where they need to be. Because this Nuggets team, on, on, you know, on the other hand, will not be able to overcome it because they didn't make any additions other than, you know, end of rotation people like Noah Vonley and uh, McCray and uh, uh, Kieta Bates-Diop, okay? These are guys who are going to be front of rotation guys. These are going to be at the back. So since they didn't make any big additions, um, they're really counting on learning and they're really counting on uh, development that way. And if they can figure out where to exert themselves on offense and where to exert themselves on defense more consistently, that will be the thing that propels them through the playoffs. That will be the key. And that's not necessarily a Malone thing. That's actually kind of the players. they got to figure that out for themselves. And when they do, that is when the next step will be taken. Um, I'm hopeful, but I'm, I'm, I just, I kind of, I'm kind of in a wait-and-see mode with these guys to see how they can uh, progress through the year. And with these uh, handful of games that are left, I think they've played 55 games so far. So they got 27 games left. Um, Pell to the metal bolt, guys. And the f- schedule is going to be a bit more friendly now because they went through that ridiculous stretch in January and February where it seemed like they were playing the most ridiculous grouping of games I've seen in a long time. I think they're finally through that rough stretch, so maybe now, maybe now they can get into a better place and get that pedal to the metal and get more healthy. This this All Star break couldn't have come at a better time, particularly when it comes to Michael Porter Jr. and uh, the other players like Will Barton who have been injured. Well, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. Uh, please please be uh, sure and visit CarefreeCuisine.com and do visit. Uh, Blanchard Family Wines. Uh, Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. I'll be talking to you guys later. Goodbye.